0: I am vengeance, I am the night, I am Batman, Batman,
1: Batman, Batman.
2: there is a song the good folks sing,
1: song the good folks sing,
2: Batman, Batman. about a hero on the wing,
1: hero on the wing, Batman. (laughs) Batman,
2: I am Gotham's darkest night, the villain's darkest bright. Turn on
1: the signal light for Batman. Batman.
3: Hey, everybody, this is Timmy Time of the Batman Revolution podcast. This is episode number 91. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I get in time too? Tim. Oh, yeah. Way ahead of time. Oh, thank it you. Thank more you. smooth and smooth with every episode. You know why? Because I wrote it down. This time. <laughs> well, you know, it is on the show notes. Yeah, well, I, I, I wrote it um, in a Word document or uh, um, a note. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Well, that's true because I just have the podcast network part. I don't have, like, our episode number and all the other stuff you say beforehand. So, yeah. <laughs> But it was nice yeah. and smooth regardless.
3: Okay, good, good. Because, you know, I don't want to get us kicked off of this uh website that's the important thing yeah um what was I gonna say oh yeah so so are you uh feeling better now Tim is everything all good
2: I'm doing better better mood than I was last week but even though last week's podcast helped me get into a better mood so
3: (laughs) yeah it must be me yeah it was all you did (laughs) not 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 anything else you did Tim it was me That was, um
2: that was a fun discussion though on the trading D C and Marvel characters. I know on Twitter
3: me, Corbin and Mark were going yeah. at
2: it again, <laughs> like offering trade. Like didn't realise how fun of a conversation that topic could be.
3: And was it uh Corbin that said uh um you let go of Spider Man too for, for too little or something? Yeah, I believe I believe so. Can't remember what he said, but yeah, that was fun.
2: Now, we got a lot of mileage out of it, not just on the podcast, but just in normal
3: like social media conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, um, maybe we should do that like every like couple of months or something.
2: We should do it every trade deadline.
3: Yeah, every trade deadline. So, so what is that like, uh, July thirty first? Yeah,
2: like the end of July. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Maybe we should do it for like the winter meetings and the Rule Eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well what the rule five draft <laughs> yeah the, yeah sorry the rule five yeah <laughs> um but yeah um this is episode number 91 uh i'm dane and uh we got tim and tim like always shows up to these things i don't know what his problem is yeah. <laughs> he just shows up magically uh,
2: i teleport to my podcast station no matter where i'm at
3: yeah and this is a special episode, you know why? Because we finally got to see Luke.
2: Yes, we did. For Well, at least we did while we could. I mean, hopefully we saved it. Well, I know I did, but people who couldn't yeah. see it in time or people who saw it but didn't save it, they might be out of luck now. But, man, ooh, that was awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> could it everything you ever wanted?
2: To? It was what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting this Jedi robes to be like the lighter tone, but... Mm expected it to look like that, and, like, the Jedi robes, and all that, man, it just it was awesome. He's carry on the Obi-Wan legacy. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's what I was about to say. It looks like, um, or at least the robes do. They, they look like the robes that Obi-Wan wore in the prequels.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, they did just, like I said, just the tone's a little lighter. It's not that yeah. dark brown. The only right. thing I was hoping for that we could see is lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> but the robes are covering it.
3: Well, I mean, if you want to make assumptions is maybe you could say you saw it in the trailer
2: well i mean well that's anakin's in his old lightsaber i was talking i meant his return of the jedi
3: green lightsaber oh oh his green lightsaber thank you Tim, you gotta give me more information yeah, oh,
2: <laughs> Man, <you> know, <laughs> that picture was real because it's taken down everywhere like i said like everyone got a cease and desist email from lucasville <laughs> saying like take it down. did you guys get one no, I never posted it on the site. I
3: just uh, Oh, you didn't.
2: Uh, don't really post all the like leak stuff and spoiler stuff.
3: Oh, he just, just talk about uh, it on the
2: podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you just did it on the Twitter? Yeah. Oh. But I well, anyway, so I was, I, I, mean, I was surprised
2: it took this long for him to get leaked. Yeah. We're just 4 months away from the movie.
3: It's because this is like the first time we've seen him. Yeah. In full costume. So 4 months before the movie comes out. Finally
2: get to see him. Well, not officially, but... (laughs) We saw him. I I have a feeling they didn't want to show him until you see the movie. Yeah,
3: I I heard the rumor was that that they were going to wait for uh, the... What is that Disney thing called?
2: What, the D23? Yeah, D23. It's It's happening this weekend. Tomorrow is when they're talking about their Force Awakens panel, but... Mm. I don't know, because there's reports saying that Luke really isn't going to have that big a role in it, so maybe they're not going to show him at all until you see the movie, so I don't think... Right now, it's in their plans to show them, but I think they should. I mean, come on, he's probably the character—at least from the people I talk to and see on Twitter—he's the one everyone wants to see, like how what he's like post Return of the Jedi.
3: So, yeah, but he's definitely not going to be the main character. No, oh, yeah. You know, they're they're pumping like the the new characters, like Ray and Finn and um, uh, Poe Dameron.
2: Exactly, yeah, and Han Solo out of the original three is going to be the the one who's going to have the biggest role in the movie, so that's why they're showing him he's doing one with dialogues.
3: <laughs> right, right. But yeah, but finally, yeah. Finally, finally was... we get to see him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how about we move on to a different movie and we talk, or we do our Dark Knight Arises minute-by-minute minute commentary, Tim. Yes, let's do it. It's minute-by-minute, minute and we're on minute 43 out of two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> going to be big when we hit that under two hour mark,
3: yeah, <laughs> and then under an hour mark, yeah, well, whatever that's, that's going to be. Way down the road, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so we're at, like I said, we're on the forty third minute, and we're going to the forty fourth minute, and um, so so just grab like your all, all of your media, your uh, your projector, or your HD DVD, or your um. What else, then? Laser disk. Laser disk, yeah. Tape, I forgot about that. All that good data stuff. Data tape, VHS tape. Um, is that all the dead media, Tim? are <laughs> <least> the ones <laughs> I'm aware of.
2: <laughs> Who knows what other weird devices they tried to put out there that didn't take on?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what was the one that didn't really take off? All the ones we just mentioned? <laughs> yeah, besides that. I mean, there's got to be one. Yeah, I'm sure there is yeah uh, anyway um j- just grab your media and just cue it to the 43rd minute and i'm gonna give the countdown so tim are you ready let's do it all right three two one hit play there's a keyboard a multicolored keyboard yeah Well, at least we're almost upon action an action sequence yes we are almost there <laughs> chase sequence no less yeah where it magically gets darker out of nowhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I always like to think, you know, it's in that twilight period. They're waiting yeah. there. And then, you know, sometimes the darkness can just sneak up on you and go, oh, man, it's dark out already.
3: Or maybe it's winter. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's darker earlier.
2: Stand daylight savings. Now, did you think that construction worker was going to play a role later on when you saw him here?
3: I didn't expect, uh, expect Blake to kill him.
2: Yeah, that I didn't expect. But yeah. I knew he was going to come back somehow, because why did I just put that in to say, like,
3: where am I supposed to move it? These guys do nothing. No. <laughs> and we're not going to get anywhere this episode. No, right? we're not. <laughs> just end
2: on a shot with Bane pacing.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, so we're we're slowly moving towards our first sighting of
2: Batman. <laughs> slowly but surely.
3: <laughs> Uh, but now we can move on to our future topics. So, Tim, why don't you tell the good people at home our future topics for this episode?
2: Yeah, so before we get into our future topic, though, we do have Josh joining us on this episode. Welcome, Josh. Ahoy, oh, ahoy. <laughs> uh, he's doing the old Mr. Burns Ahoy, oh, ahoy, huh? <laughs> at least that's what I remember that term, bro.
0: Right? Yeah, that's pretty much it.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... This episode's featured topic. It's actually one I've been wanting to do for a while, but I just don't know why it took me 91 episodes to finally get it on there. But we're going to be talking about our favorite pieces of Batman music over the years, and it's going to be from anything, the movies, animated shows, TV shows, the games, anything that had Batman music. We're going to see which one's our favorite, and it'll be interesting to see who picks what if we have the same one. So I kind of have like a top five. I don't know if you guys have a specific number of favorite song if you choose but i'm just going to go ahead and start off and it's not in my top five but i'm going to give it an honorable mention the batman 1966 theme i mean that's (laughs) probably (laughs) the first piece of batman music i ever heard
3: (laughs) is that the only thing from that show that you like yeah (laughs) at the time
0: (laughs) have you ever heard like all the other like alternate themes for all the, all the other different characters and whatnot. Like they did one for like the Riller or the Joker or the Penguin. Like I, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
2: if I have, I don't remember them.
0: <laughs> well, it's just like the same type of music, you know, like that swinging 60s music, uh, but it's just like yell out the names of the other characters. Oh, okay.
2: I remember the Batgirl <laughs> intro. That one I do remember. Yeah. But yeah.
0: I don't, I don't think they ever used it on the on the series. It was just something that, like, I ran into when I was looking for ring at one time.
2: Oh, okay, but yeah, once you hear that song, it's, it's impossible not to have it stuck in your head and just have it stay with you, pretty much. Especially if you're a Batman <laughs> for the rest of your life. I mean, it's impossible as so well. I got to give it some props. I mean, it's it's a cool song, <laughs> but for, from first one, I'm gonna pick my number fifth choice is gonna be from The Dark Knight. And it's actually not going to be like one of the main themes, it's like the Batman theme, the Joker theme. It's actually going to be Agent of Chaos from the Dark Knight soundtrack. That's the name of the track. And this is what plays when Batman and Gordon are looking for Dent and Rachel. And it's actually played in Batman Begins 2 when the Wayne Manor is on fire and Alfred is trying to get Bruce out out to the Batcave. But it's just, I just love the build up to that. I mean, what plays when you hear Dent and and Rachel kind of talk to each other through the intercom. It's like this slow build. It's like a...
1: Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. It
2: just fits that mood perfectly. And then when uh, it gets like the chase that Gordon and Batman are on, like it really gets going. And then Joker makes his escape and then it goes into that like loud, like chorus. Like, dun, 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 dun. It's like... I just love the build-up. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: It fits the mood perfectly. <laughs> like the emotional effect that you're feeling for Rachel and Harvey Dent as they're captured. And then as like, it's really the the drama and the energy is getting risen and risen as you feel attention of they're going to make it and save one of them. So that's probably the track that sticks out the most for me from the Dark Knight trilogy, despite it having some great themes like uh, the Joker's and Batman's and then Bane's or the rise theme from Dark Knight Rises. So, but this, that one has always stood out for me and it's been one of my favorites. So that's the first one I'm going to go with. So, how about you, Josh?
0: Um, well, the one that I always go back to, which it makes me laugh when I see it, but I just love the sound of it, is the opening theme from Batman, the Vascular Phantasm. Mm,
1: okay.
0: And uh, it's just the the operatic singers yeah. like it just lend itself to making that even more epic, the the uh, alternate Bat theme, you know, the dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. like it's, it's it just makes it so huge but then you find out what they're actually seeing and it just turns out it's the last names of all the people in the in the credits
2: <laughs> it works though so yeah i remember seeing that i'm just going okay like i know i'm in a batman the animated series movie this is different from the tv show because it never had music like this <laughs> I, I thought that was cool when i first saw it but uh, how about you dane what's one of your favorites
3: <laughs> um, I'm not really gonna go with like a specific song. I'm gonna go with a soundtrack, into like taking like all the songs and looking at it that way. Mm. So I'm gonna go with the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack. That's my favorite out of like it's the one I keep going back to. I don't know why. It, maybe it's because it's like I don't know. It it, it just sounds more thrilling than the the, the other ones. Because, yeah. like you said, like that that song that you mentioned, "Agent of Chaos," it kind of it's it starts off soft, right? Yeah. And then it kind of builds and builds and builds, but like Rise's soundtrack is just like in your face, and Bane ha- has to have like the coolest theme song.
2: Yeah, out <laughs> yeah. of all the character themes, at least for the villains, that one's is my yeah. favorite. I have to say.
0: Dude, did you guys actually? Uh... Participate in the thing that Hans Zimmer sent out when he wanted like millions of people to record the the, uh, uh, I can't remember the words, but you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, (laughs)
2: like the deshi, deshi. Yeah, 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 I I didn't, but I remembered it being like that's a cool thing to do. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do that, but
0: and well, I just just remember it came out and I'm like, that doesn't sound like millions of people.
2: I'm sure he got millions of uh, submissions but resolved. all right. <laughs> yep. So out of everything, Dane, Dark Knight Rises is your favorite soundtrack?
3: Yeah, probably because
2: See, I don't even know if I can rank like for favorite soundtracks. Like that's why I'm going by, like favorite pieces of music cause,
3: favorite song.
2: Yeah, it'd be hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say one of my favorite soundtracks, which I think kind of gets overlooked is The Batman Beyond soundtrack. I just, I mean, I'm a rock guy, so I love rock music, and I just love how that got incorporated to that series since it's been in the future and all that. So, when I found out they're actually releasing a CD of that soundtrack, I got super excited. just couldn't wait to get it. So, I did get it, and then probably my end up being my favorite track on that CD, I believe it's called Batman's First Fight, which is um, the song that plays when Bat or Terry as Batman first infiltrates Power's warehouse and he's fighting against his guards that. We're kind of inspired by Stormtroopers, <laughs>
3: but I just love the guitar. Of course, Tim, of
2: course. <laughs> I mean, I think we Sims even said that, so
3: I'm just not <laughs> pulling it out of the air. Star Wars reference. <laughs> yeah, and also the um, the Red Hood soundtrack is pretty good. I, I don't know if anybody else bought that besides me, but
2: no, I hear a lot of people like that, but yeah, I, I don't want to.
0: I can't. I can't actually remember it right now.
2: Go, to, get, why am I the only? And... Go-
3: why
2: am I the only one? <laughs> that's the thing, though. I, I don't think you are, but for me, and I don't want to knock the composers for the DC animated movies, but a lot of their soundtracks never really stick out for me. Dungeon Hood does have some good ones. I know back when on the Castle Nights Alon podcast, that was like the opening theme song for a lot of yeah, yeah. So That's where I maybe heard a lot of that theme. But for some reason, most of those soundtracks just never really stood out to me as some of the better like Batman soundtracks. But... I know you're not alone, Dan, because I see a lot of people like it on like different forums and on Twitters and stuff. So. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess for me, I'm my number third choice. I gotta go to the gaming world, and I'm not gonna go Arkham Knight or any of the Arkham games. I'm going old school, Streets of Gotham, Batman for the NES game. <laughs> and I
0: talked
3: yeah, man, you them really more. like that game, don't you?
2: I love the music more than the game, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That, I mean, right when I first heard that song, it's like, oh, it's so awesome. It's become one of my favorite pieces of Batman music ever. I mean, I've used it as the intro for the show on an, an episode where we talk about gaming and all that stuff. But, man, I just can't get enough of the, the NES 8-bit MIDI version track of it. It's the rock remix of it. There's a great rock version of it by, I think, the band called The Advantage that is really cool. But like, pretty much no matter what the version is, I just love it so much. <laughs> I think I might be like the only... Now, you said you might be the only one for the Red Hood. I think I might be the only one for <laughs> that Batman game soundtrack. It's just so good.
3: I think you are. You're like the only only person that likes <laughs> that or rem- remembers it. Do you guys, I was going
2: to say, do you guys know what you am talking about, though?
0: Is that the first animated series game?
3: No, this is
2: based off the 89 movie.
0: Oh, you're talking about the old Nintendo yep <laughs> the original batman game i i remember the the theme to that like when it came on it was like duh, 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 duh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's not the one it's like the very first level so if you haven't checked it out just type it on youtube like batman nes streets of gotham and you'll either hear the music or you'll see someone play the level but then you'll hear the music in the background it's just so good
0: though. yeah i i remember it because like I've played that level so many times. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a hard game, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, once once you get into the uh, once you get into access chemicals, man, it just turns into a different game. <laughs>
2: <Well, totally. laughs> I have never beaten that game. Made it to the last level, still haven't beaten it.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's such a it's such a bummer. Like in all of those games, the the Sega version and the the and it, uh the I'm sorry the NES version. It's so easy to beat the boss
2: yeah. <laughs> once you
0: finally get there.
2: Yeah, just getting there is a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: how about you, Josh? Any other ones you want to mention?
0: Um, well, the uh, one that I always go back to as well is on the print soundtrack for Batman. It's... Okay. Uh, it's the slow dance kind of song that you that you hear in the credits after the the main Batman theme
2: I don't know if I ever made it that far in the credits
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it's called you, you might have to to uh, Wikipedia it but it uses the dun, 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 like it uses that that theme over it
1: mm,
2: okay and
0: uh, it, it's just a, it's a good slow jam man for the ladies yeah <laughs>
2: Does Prince sing on it, or did he just do Yes, the he form? does. Okay. He does. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with other than the songs that I play in the movie for that, that soundtrack. Actually, um, I remember my parents actually got I think the... I might
0: be... I think there might have been, like, a line of it in the song, but it didn't have Prince on it.
2: Okay. Uh, I was saying, I remember my parents actually went to... I don't know if you guys remember a store called Music Plus, maybe just a local record store, but they got the audio cassette of Prince's Batman soundtrack. But then <laughs> I mainly just wanted it because it was Batman it had the bat symbol on the cover. But like once yeah. they started listening to the lyrics, like hey, you shouldn't be listening to this, <laughs> they had to take when it I was,
0: When I was uh, young, my aunt had this uh, single for uh, one of the songs and then on the, the b-side was bat dance mm. so <laughs> yeah.
2: i think that was the only one i was allowed to listen to <laughs> that's video that's the only reason i wanted to watch it <laughs>
3: it's funny that you mentioned that um that print soundtrack because that's actually how i found the batman universe
1: oh really I,
3: yeah well i was gonna go and buy the um buy the soundtrack and i'd I just typed in Batman into iTunes and I found it.
2: (laughs) Instead of listening to a print soundtrack, I'm going to listen to a podcast about that.
3: Well, I didn't know what podcasts were at that time. So I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's like 45 minutes long and it's free? Or did you say, man, this is a real
2: boring song.
3: (laughs) Where's the music? This is terrible and it's
2: boring. (laughs) It
0: doesn't have a beat and I can't dance to it.
2: (laughs) But... Uh, do you want to mention any other ones, Dane, before I give my top two?
3: I uh, still haven't listened to that Prince soundtrack, so <laughs> I think oh. I'm fresh out of it.
2: So that would have been probably your number one if you listened to Prince. Though.
3: But I will mention, and I know a lot of people didn't like it, and this kind of doesn't have anything to do with Batman, but um, Hans Zimmer's uh, Man of Steel soundtrack
2: people don't like it I keep that's like the one positive thing really? I always hear about
3: <laughs> no no like 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 the theme like people don't like the theme I, I, I love that theme over John Williams theme
2: well I won't go that far but it's an awesome theme I mean <laughs> it's as good as I think you can get for doing a new Superman theme and having to live up to what John Williams did
3: yeah because cause I, I love that Man of Steel soundtrack in fact in fact I bought it yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> I
0: I (laughs) I keep trying to uh, to uh, listen to the uh, the panel from Comic Con for the uh, for Batman vs. Superman because it seems like they're playing the Batman theme throughout the uh, throughout the uh, the trailer time that they're walking in Uh, and 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 whatnot and the, the reason I say that is because it sounds like the what's the dude's name that not it's not han zimmer but he 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 lent out the the work for the batman part so he didn't cheat on the dark knight rises and whatnot with himself apparently
2: that's um, right i don't remember his name though
0: but it, like you can tell that it's the batman part because it uses little notes here and there that we all know and remember
2: <laughs> yeah i'm really interested to in hearing what the new Batman theme is going to be. Maybe if it is that or it's going to be something new, but hopefully it's something that goes good with the Man of Steel theme that you're talking about, Dane, because I, I always uh, thought...
0: From what I heard, it does. I, th- okay. I think
2: it does. I always thought uh, Hans Zimmer's Batman theme for the Dark Knight trilogy goes good for it, too, because I always still think Man of Steel can fit in the Dark Knight trilogy universe, even though it's not, but...
3: The, yeah, and if I remember correctly, it, people didn't like the new Batman theme, right? Either.
2: No, am no, I don't remember back when it first came out if that was a complaint or not maybe it was but that's kind of the same thing for me where it doesn't top danny elfman's theme, but i don't think it's well, as good as superman's man Superman of steel but i mean it's it's good enough it's i still love it when it comes on i mean i think of batman as when i hear it so
0: it what check? i remember from batman begins specifically about that is it didn't sound like a theme at all mm-hmm. and it was because han zimmer and batman begins was like He's not even Batman yet, you know? It, it, the theme didn't really kick in until, like you said earlier, like when the house was burning down and whatnot, and then it didn't really, really kick in until the uh, the credits. So, like, if you go back and you watch Batman Begins, you'll, you'll see that for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, I mean, I was hoping that they would just use the same theme. Like, everybody was hoping that they would have used the Elfman theme for Batman Begins back then, too, and they didn't. So,
2: which in the end I think it's the best, the better move. I mean, you, you, yeah, you watch separate. you
0: watch it with the Elfman theme, and it just does not fit the tone of the
3: movie at all. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, I was just gonna say regarding Batman's theme from the Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, probably one of my favorite moments is of that theme played is when he's climbing out of the, the the prison in Dark Knight Rises, and he's gonna make that jump, and he does, and that music just plays, like, very triumphantly, and the bats fly that out. hates. But <laughs> so that's, like, one of the best uses of that music. That's, like, what I think of now. When I hear that piece of music come on, I think of that scene. For but, sure. Yeah. So I'm going to give my top two choices my favorite pieces of Batman music. And, of course, I can't have a list without something from the animated series. I mean, come on. It's me. <laughs> but the question is, what will I pick as my favorite Batman the Animated Series scene? Because... Man, there's a lot of great ones to choose from I mean I believe I gushed about the animated series soundtrack enough whenever we talk about it so many great character themes so many great pieces of music that fits the seriousness of certain scenes emotionally with the action just so so good but if I had to pick one this one just sticks out to me it was the first time I heard it and it always it always has it's gonna be clayface's theme it's just something about it that fits the perfect perfectly fits the character as a theme that's tragic and every time i hear it i just uh, kind of get like goosebumps or chill at how good it is it just fits it so perfectly it's very somber it's to me it's very emotional like exactly what it's supposed to do for the tragic character of matt Hagen and clayface so that's it's a hard pick but i just keep going back to that one as my favorite so i don't know. Do you think I'm gushing too much over that one or can you see why I like it so much <laughs> i
0: I can I, I can certainly see why I mean just I mean I, I think honorable mention just for all the music and in, in in Batman anime series like you said before yeah. I mean it's just so poignant you know I know so many good ones. <clears throat> that one specifically for sure and the other one that I think is really tragic is the baby doll music like especially at the yeah, end of the baby doll yeah episode oh
2: That's a good call. I mean I I didn't even think of that one, but now that you mention it, especially how it ends. Yeah. She's like that last word she says where like she says her catch line, I didn't mean to serious voice. Yeah.
0: Oh man, when she changes from, you know, the the little girl voice into the serious voice, Mm. it's as scary as watching Tim Drake cry in Return of the Joker. Mm. Like you just don't expect that voice to be coming out of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. We could really probably do a whole favorite music piece just on the animated series if we wanted to. <laughs> oh, for
0: sure. <laughs> I mean, we could break it down for sure.
2: <laughs> still got to get that third volume. It was, <laughs> it's, like, it's eluded me so far. But <laughs> I'll really? Have, actually, yeah. <laughs> I got the first two. I still got to get that third one.
0: Amazon is our friend, sir.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have Amazon Prime. <laughs> but my number one choice... I mean, to me, we've talked about it a little bit already. It is Batman when you think hear this music. Danny Elfman's Batman thing. I mean, it just perfectly fits the character. I mean, it's.
0: Did you like the '89 version better than the the returns version?
2: See, I was, when I was little, I didn't see too much of a difference with them.
0: And there's I, a lot of a lot of bells and voices.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, the '89 one is my preferred one now, but the '92 one was probably the one I heard the most as a kid because. I, I actually, I remember taping that when it was on like HBO. <laughs> when it <at> first we <laughs> out, that so that was the first I had that before I actually had the '89 video. So I always watch Batman Returns a lot. So, but that theme, I mean, I I could describe it as one word: Batman. <laughs> it just fits Batman. <laughs> I mean, like we were talking about, it's hard to replace it with the Dark Knight trilogy theme and whatever we get in Batman v Superman. But as good as The dark knight one is and we'll see how the next one is it's going to be hard to top just like superman's for me anyway and i think what helped it too was that it was used for the animated series to kind of solidify it as not just being a theme for the movie but a theme for batman as we saw him in the cartoon
0: you see when it comes to superman i i like the the animated series version better than the movie version really yeah for some reason like that's the one i always go to when I think of Superman myself, but
2: that's just me. It's a good theme, but yeah, it, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, I guess it's what you maybe watch more or hear more, like, I don't know if you watch the animated series of Superman more than the Christopher Reeve movie, maybe that's why, but just growing mm-hmm. up on Christopher Reeve's Superman for so long before the animated series premiere, that's maybe why it stuck with me as the definitive theme for the character. It's probably mm-hmm. the same for Batman's theme from 89, so, yeah, i I kind of feel safe to say that no matter what new Batman things come out over the years, this one is always going to be my favorite. Okay. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that, but I'm I'd, I'd willing t- to be pleasantly surprised if there's one that comes out and beats it. But right <laughs> now, I don't think it's going to be possible. <laughs> All right. So those are my top favorite picks of the Batman music pieces over the years. So. I guess before we move on, does there anything, other ones you guys want to mention? Any honorable mentions
3: that maybe you just remembered?
0: I'm good. Dane?
3: Yeah, nothing really.
2: All right. <laughs> well, I guess I have a few honorable mentions I'll
3: list off. Of course two. you do. Of
2: course. <laughs> well, I'm a Batman nerd. <laughs> I'm going to go with... You mentioned Mask of the Phantasm, Josh. The one that yeah. piece I always liked from that movie was the uh, "Welcome to the Future" song that plays as they go to the. I just love that thing. It's so catchy. It just fits the art style and like the time. I mean, Batman the animated series is kind of like a timeless setting where you don't know exactly what era it's in, but right. to me it has that old school feel that they're going for. That there in the series too, so I think that piece of music fits that. and then the other one I'll mention too I mean we talked about it already but Gotham's Reckoning from the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack that's one that has Bane's theme and like the League of Assassins chant or the Rise chant so I would go with those ones as some of my other top favorites if I had to do a top 10 those would probably make it also
0: I mean do you feel that maybe they overdid the the words the words within the Dark Knight Rises like it was almost like the Titanic theme you know like every time you turn around, it was on in that movie. Really? I, I didn't
2: get that actually. I kind of felt—I was actually surprised they didn't hear it as much as they were going to, because that's <laughs> all, kind of a lot all you heard in like the promos and some of the trailers and stuff. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that maybe that's why is like you heard—you had already heard it so much hey. that.
2: That's a great thing, though. Nonetheless, I mean. <laughs> oh
0: no! Nonetheless, I mean. I'd rather have it than none. So. Yeah. <laughs> but. Or, or or Batman Forever music, like I don't know what they were thinking with that. Why couldn't they just, you know, there, get someone and pay pay Elfman his money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a theme I can't stand. It's that new the themes for Batman and Robin Batman Forever. That. Like,
0: yeah, exactly. It sounds. Kind of, it just sounds so cartoonish.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know it has its fans, but yeah, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but before we move on from the topic we got some responses on Twitter from some of the listeners and our followers of what they like um, we got a message from Matty J. Baker he says Prince's Party Man is one of his favorites and that song does fit that scene perfectly when <laughs> they're going through the museum and just messing up all those paintings <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: it's just a great moment where he's all Lawrence and then he has that big boom <laughs> that's that he
0: hits let's our lives. yeah <laughs>
2: And then Mike, he says that charge of the Batmobile in the 89 theme under the Red Hood main theme. There you go, Dane. Mike's another one who likes it. Rise from the Dark Knight Rises score. All songs from Mayhem of the Music Meister. Bat Dance and from the Justice League episode, Batman singing I Am Blue. (laughs) I don't know if that's up there as one of my favorite songs, but that was a great moment for Batman, though, (laughs) in that Justice League episode. And then I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh.
0: The uh, the song that I felt was like the most of a letdown though was when the Edge was announced to be doing the Batman theme. Oh. And then it, it turned into like I don't I don't even know what to describe it as. It's like a it sounded squirrel. like a Secret squirrel theme or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it was like do 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 something like I don't know. I right. like, dude, hey, It I- was it was it sounded like they were playing on a xylophone or something. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> But then Rob says, uh, Arkham City main theme, R. Kelly, Gotham City, and Tia Carveri? I never <laughs> Who told
0: you. Said, Whoever said Gotham City needs to be like, it needs to turn into their Batman card. Like, that song is so ironically not about Gotham City. It, it hurts.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what that song is, to be honest. <laughs> so, Rob, you'll probably hate me for not even knowing what it is, but <laughs> I don't know. I've never been in an R. Kelly fan anyway. <laughs> And then he says, 89 score, and then Kiss from a Rose uh, from Batman Forever.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, iconic. That, you will never that song and not associate it with Batman.
2: That's got to be like video for Seal to shoot. You're just standing in front of the bat symbol. That list looks really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, it was a really cool, cool video for sure. I mean, very, very operatic.
2: I did like U2's song with the Hold Me, Through Me thrill me kiss, me kiss me yeah
0: oh whenever that comes on at the end of uh batman forever man it's time to jam
2: that's <laughs> part of the movie <laughs> all right well thanks guys for your responses like I said in the intro there's tons and tons of pieces of batman music that you could choose from as your favorite which is awesome so and we're definitely going to get more as we get more movies games and tv shows so we'll see maybe The next ninety-one episodes, we'll do another (laughs) (laughs) some more Batman songs, but that'll do it for this one.
3: All right. So uh, our only piece of news is that uh, there was a executive screening of. um, uh, Dang it.
2: That little movie called Batman v. Superman.
3: No, no. Was, <laughs> there was an ad that just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, right as I was reading it. But yeah, the, the, there's been an executive screening. And there's going to be three. Supposedly, there's going to be three uh, Ben Affleck standalone Batman movies. So
2: so this is what I got out of this. Or what jumped out to me, which I really liked. Is that it just had a great reaction from the studios at Zex. Where it got a standing ovation which took me back to the early days of the Dark Knight when we started hearing hype for that. And I just remember like in 2007, early 2008, when you start hearing this buzz about it, how Warner Brothers is really excited about it and they just can't wait to get it out there. And it turned out to be right. So I'm kind of hoping it's the same thing with Batman v Superman, where they're just so impressed with it and that it's going to meet all expectations. So that's kind of what I gleaned from it, where I got the most out of it, just giving me more confidence of how awesome this movie is going to be. but. The whole thing with Affleck, I mean, we'll see if it happens. We know he's definitely probably going to get one standalone movie, but I don't know. We'll see if it ends up being a trilogy, but I just have a feeling he has other projects he'd like to do and not just be strictly set on doing Batman movies. So we'll see if that happens, but I got more excited about the reaction the movie got.
3: Um, All right, so...
0: For me, like, I, I really hope that you know, if it's true, because I kind of find it hard to believe only because that means that's like seven movies that Affleck's going to be in as Batman. Yeah. And it's it's just, like, mind-boggling when you think about that, unless he, like, shoots them back-to-back or something like that.
2: Yeah, I just don't think how it's going to fit in his schedule.
0: Yeah. It's... Um, You know, hopefully that means that we can just have some villains, you know, like, you know, if you want to do like a hush uh, adaptation, like put some villains in there and make them awesome, you know, like stop this, you know, this villain and, you know, origin and, you know, wasting half the movie on nothing, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, I don't think I I have to worry about origins in these new Batman movies. Let's,
0: yeah, I mean, let's have the Iceberg uh, Lounge and let's have, uh, you know, the Riddler and let's, you know, have a conspiracy against Batman and let's just, you know, (laughs) shake shake that rogue stick, you know?
2: Exactly, yeah. I'm sure it's something that, that's when they saw the movie where they said, oh, yeah, this is what we want to do. That's probably true, but then getting it done, that's easier said than done really so <laughs> not we will have to wait and see if it all works out
3: all right so the i guess we can get into our listener feedback
2: yep favorite part hey, of the Tim.
3: all right so i did not send you alex <laughs> alex's email but no, uh,
2: so i have a feeling i'm going to be stumped on his question
3: yeah i'm just going to read it out so he says hey 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 bad fans thanks for another great episode you're welcome alex also, thank you for not, for clarifying how you guys felt about Toy Story 3. After your description, I was picturing you guys being traumatized and walking into walls for nights thinking about Andy's final goodbye to his toys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think Tim may have cheated Marvel on, on that Spider-Man. Oh, okay, so it was Alex that said that. Okay. Um, that Spider-Man deal a bit. I remember seeing a chart showing that Spider-Man merchandise sells more than Batman. And I'm pretty sure... Spider-Man is the face of Marvel. I think the only reason why Spider-Man outsells Batman is because it's... I see Spider-Man stuff everywhere, and it's, like, just cheap stuff. Like, plastic cups for your birthday party. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just, like... I don't know, I just see it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, And you don't really see that much Batman, like, birthday cups or Batman... you know, cakes or whatever. <laughs>
2: napkins, something like
3: that. Yeah, napkins or whatever. But um, he says, I don't think giving up any member of the Justice League other than Batman and Superman would do. I would make the trade for Spider-Man for Superman, though. Now, Batman for Wolverine and Gambit? No way, Jose. Not even the whole X-Men would be worth Batman. Batman will always be popular, and I think Marvel would have to cough up a little more, up a bit more to get him. Make them bleed to him.
0: <laughs> I just think it would be so confusing if Batman were in the Marvel Universe myself like I've had this I've had this debate before and <clears throat> so just like where what would you seriously do with them? you know yeah. but that's just me.
3: <laughs> so, so how about if I gave you or Alex what about this how about if, if for Batman I would give you the entire X-Men the entire Avengers Plus a uh, hero to to be named later, plus cash. How do, <laughs> plus how does that cash. Sell? Yeah, plus cash.
2: Yeah, I'd be willing to. Curious. To would see, you like, take that, Tim? Spider Man would have to be in there, definitely.
3: No, 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 Spider Man, Avengers, X Men.
2: Uh, for Batman, no, I don't think so. <laughs>
3: you could always give him the
0: Fantastic Four. No. <laughs> oh
3: no, no, no. no. <laughs>
2: Man, you can probably so, get a good deal on them right now.
3: <laughs> I'm so glad that I didn't invest any kind of emotion into that movie. I'm so Did so you just... glad No, no, but oh. I've read the reviews of it.
0: Yeah, I... I just I just read that it got so contentious on the set that Trank and Teller almost got into a fight.
3: Yeah, I just saw so... that today. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, it, but uh, Alex says, as for True Detective, I have not watched the second season, but I really enjoyed the first. I agree with you, Dane, that the end petered out. I think the cinematography was what was most compelling about it, since there weren't many, if any, shows that were, were as well directed on television. I also think that um, uh, j- just being in Louisiana, like the backwoods of Louisiana helped it a bit, too, because... Um, like season two, they're in L.A. and like everybody knows what it looks like, and I think people just were bored with L.A. Um, but he says, although I don't have HBO, so that might be a norm for that station. From your description, the second season sounds interesting. It is, but it's not. It's not as good. It's not as well written or as good as season one was
0: it just so, ended right I guess now. that's what happens when you don't steal your scripts from other people
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just ended the, the Were you finale happy with was it? You yeah with it? I mean yeah I was happy with it uh Mark though wasn't I don't know <laughs> I asked him but he didn't respond so I was like uh man
2: he must have took it hard then <laughs>
3: yeah well it's because it's not, uh, a spoiler alert for season two so Alex skipped this part if you don't want to listen to it but uh uh, Colin Farrell and uh, um, Vince Vaughn, they both die. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's pretty much it. But, but, but if you think about it, there it was really no way out.
0: really series this year?
3: <laughs> there was no way out for them. I mean, they're compromised. You know, Colin Farrell was wanted. Uh, There's pretty much no way no way out. So, uh, Rachel McAdams is the only one that lives.
2: Was <laughs> that a good thing or a bad
3: thing? Yeah, she she was probably one of the best characters. She, she, I think she was the best character in that show or in this season, but...
2: Okay, well... I don't
3: know. That's just me. <laughs>
2: well, then it's good that she lived it then, I guess. Does
3: it get a third
0: season? though no, That's what I wonder.
2: I don't know. I would
0: you think, think I it, that the was, ratings
2: were still good for her, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was after last year. The they were
0: thing. like... After last year, they practically, you know, announced who was in it like right
3: afterwards. So no they didn't it was like well they they
0: definitely said that there
3: would be a second season that's for yeah sure. yeah but um yeah it it averaged more uh watchers i guess you, you or viewers than the first season did so yeah i'm sure I guess,
2: we'll do another one
3: yeah yeah but i don't know cuz people really did not like this season so Besides well, being-
0: i just <laughs> I'm just not sure that all of these shows can really you know understand this idea of anthologizing things and you know having to reinvent themselves every year
3: like yeah yeah and that was the thing too because people were constantly comparing it to season one and you know you got to understand this was it's a whole different thing but one of the did, reasons did that, that uh, I'm sorry go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say people just didn't get that, that this was um, like a whole, totally different thing.
0: Yeah. One of the reasons that American Horror Story works so well is because it's the same cast every single year. Yeah. You know, I didn't like last year's at all. The freak show thing, like, just was annoying to me. But then again, I don't like circuses. So, um, you know, like Fargo's doing it. Uh, you know, obviously American Horror Story is doing it again with Hotel or something like that. True Detective did it this year. Uh, I'm sure there's other shows out there that are trying to do the whole, we're going to reinvent every year. And I think Fargo is going to be good because it, 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 it's not changing the landscape completely. It's just going back in time in that story. So where, I mean, True Detective was a completely different world you know so just yeah. something to think about
3: yeah and plus too I mean there there was more characters more main characters and the story was really really complicated this season I, I had trouble like keeping up with it I mean it was like rail rail systems and like land deals and <laughs> holding companies and all kinds so of crap you're, like you're
0: saying it was a Lex Luthor plot
3: <laughs> uh no I, I'm saying it was like uh, uh, Phantom Menace with the trade routes. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you would really have to, like, you would really have without to invest all the time. Without
0: stuff. all the, uh, the racism, right?
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, hey, but, all that political stuff in Episode 1 came back in a big way to tie in with the
3: formation of the Empire, so it wasn't yeah. pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the politics in Star Wars... Like how you really needed to invest time into researching all these ideas. Mm-hmm. That's is the same thing with True Detective. You really gotta like think about like rail systems and poisoning of land and okay, <laughs> the cheapening of land and how that affects like what you can build on top of that land and ho- what holding companies are and you know, stuff like that. <laughs> So I mean I like season two. I hope they come back for season three. Um, I know a lot of people don't like season two, so I don't know.
0: Do you have anybody that you'd want in the as the big two for next year?
3: Um, not really. I mean, I I remember when Colin Farrell was Colin Farrell and uh, Vince Vaughn were announced. I remember thinking like. I don't like these guys I I mean I don't think they're good actors (laughs) and then you know you see them in the show and then you know they amaze you so it's the same thing with uh, McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson like I was like aren't these like actors I mean didn't doesn't Matthew McConaughey make like romantic comedies for a living like that's all he makes and yeah I I so
0: wanted a McConaughey Joker after that after that series though like I was I was after it (laughs)
3: right right um but yeah i I like season two i like the finale um and i'm wondering why mark didn't like it but oh well (laughs) but of course uh alex always has questions for us so his first question is what are the worst What are the worst supervillain schemes that you've seen in a movie and comic? I know in Spider-Man 2, it was pretty odd that Doc Ock threw a car at Peter in a coffee shop because he needed to know where Spider-Man was was located. If Peter didn't have Spider-Man powers, all Doc Ock would get is a bunch of gurgling. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: You know, I never one of the things that bugged me about Superman Returns. That like Saluthor scheme is just so
1: yeah. dumb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Creating uh, islands out of Kryptonite, like really, that's what it is. That that's one that's always bugged
0: well, me. Well, like I mean, if if Singer was going to do something cool, like he should have made the Kryptonian architecture like actually make sense in a way that like, yeah, this is from the future. Not like, yeah, this is from a space rock.
2: (laughs) He was going to sell them for people to live there, right? Right, yeah.
0: yeah, He was pointing around. around, He's like, there's my new condo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, who would buy land on there? (laughs) He's how dreary it looks. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah,
2: so that's one I never liked.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. That idea was just—I mean, I'm sorry, but it was stupid. Cryptonite yeah. Island, <laughs> and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor didn't really work out. I think for he, me any. Figured, he
0: should have yeah. so badly though. Yeah, he was yeah. Good. I mean, he just came off of being Kaiser Sose and whatnot. Well, not just came off of. I mean, it was good ten years, but.
3: Yeah, like, I mean, he's a good actor. Kevin Spacey is a good actor. I've always that.
0: wanted him to play the Quest. I want a live-action Quest.
2: <laughs> I never thought of that, but I could see that, when, now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah, I can see him doing a great Scarface
0: voice, too. Absolutely, man. Like He could do Pacino for Scarface. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that takes the cake for dumbest plans. <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, if, there, if there's anything else, like, there's a lot of movies that I've seen that I I just don't understand what the plot is. Like, what what, what are they trying to do? But I couldn't really name them off right now because I wasn't prepared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm surprised uh, it came up that quick of an answer since I get the email advance. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's the
3: worst, but. Well, that movie was such a letdown. That's why Superman Returns. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, like... Yeah, it was still a hit, box
0: office-wise. Barely. It made, it made a lot of money.
2: Not as much as they needed, though. I think it barely yeah. made a profit.
3: Yeah, and it was just way too long. Way well, too yeah.
0: long. Well, yeah. Kevin Smith says it the best when he, when he's all like, it reminds of of the original Star Trek, the motion picture. Where it's just like a lot of scenes of seeing the Enterprise fly by, because yeah, sure. uh, and and there's like a million dollars on on the on the screen every time you see that. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't seen that
2: movie
1: in a long time either. <laughs>
0: like, <clears> but you it's true, man. It's so boring, and you know, it's just the Enterprise Enterprise flying by like twenty times.
3: <laughs> yeah, and. I don't think Brandon Routh was a good Superman, and he was written terribly in that movie. Yeah. I mean, like creepy Superman, like outside of uh, outside of Lois's window, like <laughs> looking through her wall. Yeah.
0: I think he's a better actor than the writing.
3: Totally, I, I, I,
0: thought really, he good I really like him as Ray Palmer. I really like him as Ray Palmer. Yeah, me
2: too. As part of season two, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean he he has this comedic streak to him that, like, I think that he could pretty much... I mean, if they were to do another Fantastic Four, he's who I would cast as Reed Richards. But that's just me.
1: Mm,
3: yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know, I, don't don't even gonna... say reboot <laughs> Fantastic Four. No, no. Uh, like, if,
0: if it were a Marvel property, that's all I'm saying.
3: They should just kill that franchise, movie-wise. <laughs> I mean, they tried, and they tried, and they tried. <laughs>
0: Bro- you don't want a broker deal at all, Dane? Come on, man.
3: Don't be a No, smart, I mean, that franchise, movie-wise, is dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> they tried. They tried. And yes, they tried again. It's <laughs> funny, just, though,
2: how like Fox executives say, oh, we still have faith in these characters, and we're still going to use them some way. <laughs> and we're going Oh,
0: yeah, I can't believe that they're still like, like we're going to do it, yeah. I, but, think- I mean...
2: I think yeah. they're just doing it to stick it to Marvel saying, yeah, we're not giving you the rights because <laughs> we're not we're making you.
3: movies. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I doubt it happens, so. though. I mean, I, I can't see it. I mean, it, 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 let's just look back to a little old, old movie called Batman Triumphant. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're doing it, man. We're doing it for eight years. They were like, yeah, we're doing it, man. And bam. <laughs> And we Definitely never got
2: harder. a Jeff Goldblum Scarecrow.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, so they should just kill that movie franchise. I'm sorry. Or at least give it back to Marvel, at yeah, the very, very, very the, least.
2: I think they have like seven years to get one in production. Otherwise, it goes back to Marvel. So.
3: 2022 yeah. is, the, is the date.
2: <laughs> we'll see if they get one rolling in 2021 or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so is Fantastic Four considered a bomb? Oh, yeah.
0: Dude. Oh, dude it's the worst movie ever in the history of films if you go by it it's on rotten tomatoes it has worse than what was the what was the film that had that, that had Robin I
2: know it's worse <laughs>
0: well no there was uh, it, it has the lowest uh metacritic and thermometer score ever yeah. at like nine percent and there's a movie that had like 13 percent and I can't remember what it was
2: and even just financially too, it only made twenty four million this opening weekend for like a hundred and fifty million budget, not including Jeez. marketing stuff.
0: Worldwide, I think it was only like thirty two.
2: Yeah, something low like that. It's just, mm. Yeah, it's a bomb all the way around. Oh
0: I mean, they'll, they'll make their money back, but I
2: don't know. <laughs> they got a long <laughs> mountain to climb to make that back.
0: <clears throat>
2: I'm curious to see how much it'll drop this weekend. Five million.
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> It's out of top five. I, didn't make
0: five million. I think it was already down into like making hundreds of thousands of dollars a day.
3: Jeez, man. Wow. I wonder how many screens are still showing it.
0: So many out here in Seattle. Like, there's 20 showings at, at the downtown uh, theater
3: here. Oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, making that day. little. And they're <laughs> like, man uh what was the movie that me and my girlfriend saw a few weeks ago we saw the gift did you guys uh, hear about that movie it had uh it has jason bateman in it and uh people like uncle owen, uncle owen
3: is in it <laughs> yeah. oh uh, joel egerton
0: uh,
3: joel egerton yeah, yeah. Mm,
0: okay. it, it was good i mean it wasn't like oh my god but like it was good but they're all like man we only put like two showings of this and we took fantastic four <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i don't know i kind of putting the pieces together where you hear the bad uh reports from the set with contentions with the cast and the director is like ah,
0: i'm starting to, to now know why sense. he's
2: not doing star wars anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah it yeah. all
0: makes i i mean i think it's going to be a while before he gets a uh top job in yeah. hollywood period like he might get an uh uh, an EP or maybe a, a producer job or something because Chronicle still was a milestone, mm-hmm. but there's no way he's ever going back in the in the uh, in the captain's chair.
2: Yeah, and he even said so. He's gonna want to if he is gonna direct do smaller stuff that he like wants to do. That's uh-huh. his own ideas. None of these big tentpole films or anything.
3: So right. So who's he fighting with? Uh, Everyone.
2: I think the report that came out today was for Miles Teller. I think they said they almost got him like a shoving match or something
1: like that. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently like they got nose to nose, both of them trying to uh, get the other to throw the first punch. Jeez, I don't
2: think there's going to be many like behind the scene documentaries on the Blu-ray when that comes out.
0: I hope I, I, there's this podcast called how did it get made? It's all about movies that are just ridiculous. And they talk about like what's in them, and like they talk about what went in to get it, how how it was made, and uh. who made the decisions and not. I can't wait for the episode on this film. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jeez, man, Fantastic Four. Like I said, they should just kill it. Making a movie well, for the wrong reasons.
0: <laughs> I think it was foreshadowing when they put a square around the four.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that sealed its fate. The trailer looks all right, though. I mean, it didn't no. it, it, like. I, I got to see this movie at twelve o'clock uh, whenever it comes out. It know? was just so
0: dour, though. Like everybody was like just upset in it. Like I, I don't know. I, I mean, you're talking to someone who didn't exactly hate the first Fantastic Four films back in two thousand five and two thousand seven or whenever it was. I mean my, my my I I know the guy who was the actual body stand in for the Silver Surfer. His name is Doug Jones. He's a good guy. And um I mean sure, Galactus was a cloud. That was that was unfortunate. But I mean I, I still will stand up for for Michael Chiklis as the thing man. He was he stepped off the page for me. That's that's all I'm gonna say.
3: Yeah, I'll yeah agree. he wasn't but, bad at that. But but how could this Fantastic Four go so wrong? <laughs> that's what I'm really really interested. Because in. like, because I mean, I understand no one that fighting. I mean, I understand that they are fighting and everything, but like, there's dailies and you know Fox. Is it, it's Fox, no Sony, right? No, it's Fox. Oh, Fox! I'm sure Fox saw these things, and you know, well, Fox you would, that, you would think that Fox, you know,
0: would listen to the people who want to see the film about what the hell they're doing wrong, but they didn't. And when they did, apparently, this is what we got, because all the reshoots and whatnot were specifically because of fan reaction.
2: Yeah, I kept hearing, too, that pretty much, like, the third act is not, like, the, the studio made, I believe mean, they took it from Josh Trink, and that's what they put on there, just to get some type of ending in there. Well,
0: yeah, and, I mean, apparently what I heard is, you can tell that Miles Teller just does not give a crap at the end.
1: <laughs> <That sucks.
2: laughs> yeah. Seems like I've seen people say this, and it sounds like it's true, that the production of the movie it seems to be more interesting than the actual movie that got me. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> But anyway, um, Alex has a second question. And his second question is, what was your favorite baseball game that I, you've I hope seen?
0: That, I hope that answers your question about True Detective. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> a little bonus yeah. with Fantastic Four. <laughs> um, it, yeah, the second question is, what was your favorite baseball game that you've seen?
2: See, for me, it's, it's kind of a split thing where they won the game, but they didn't win the series. But yeah. the 2001 World Series was game four where yankees were down two to one bottom of the nine two outs and then tino hits that two one home run that ties it and then they win in extra innings off jeter's walk-off home run that was just a great comeback like that was one of the best comebacks i've seen it's like was i was just following that well that was probably like the first world series i really followed as like a hardcore baseball fan and i saw the other ones but it it's more on a casual basis where i wasn't like dying on every pitch and every at-bat but that World Series was like the first one I really got into and I just remember that comeback blowing me away but unfortunately they couldn't close the deal in Game yeah. 7 so it still hurts in a way when I look back on that game so that's my favorite baseball game that I've seen
3: so, so you said that was 2001 too? yeah oh hmm for me curious if you going to go Mets or Oakland? <laughs> I'm gonna go Oakland because the Mets like they they were just a joke for yeah. <laughs> the last, like 15 years. Um, it's gonna have to, it's gonna have to be the was it 2012 or 2013? Um, it's 2013 um, uh, ALDS game two where a vote hit that that uh, walk off single. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I I, I thought that. I mean, to be honest, that the Tigers are going to take that, they're going to sweep the A's in that series and, you know, move on to the World Series. But I think they actually went to the World Series, but, but they lost in four. So
2: 2012, yeah. That's when the Tigers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We both picked ones that had good moments in the series, but both teams lost the series. <laughs>
3: yeah. So
0: I got one.
2: Let's hear it. <clears throat>
0: um, I think it was it was around like it was between like 2006 and 2008. Uh, Manny Ramirez was playing for the Dodgers. Okay. Four home runs in a row, not not him, but
1: oh yeah, that's Back right. to back
0: to back to back, and it, it was like I think it happened. That was the, that was the, like the third time in history or something like that.
2: Yeah, I know it was really rare. That's right. Yeah. And I think Nomar Garcia was the one hit the last one that walked it off, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: And the people were leaving the stadium and whatnot, and like they had to come back in. Yeah. Dodgers yes. uh, like,
2: two thousand. Yeah, they made the postseason that year. That's right. They lost to the Phillies, but at least it wasn't a series where a postseason series that they lost. So in that particular game and moment, it was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah, because I th- th- that was at the end of the season, I think, and they were they were playing for for, for uh, spots.
2: Mm stupid Manny Ramirez
0: <laughs> those
2: wigs they would sell of him at Dodger Stadium
0: Manny would Manny would yeah baby. that's right
2: <laughs> yeah it's too bad he took steroids yeah, he was one suspension away from being banned for life <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah
3: um, but yeah th- thank you Alex uh, for your email we always like reading them right Tim uh, as always as always and we love you and just remember that the Timothy love <laughs> um, but now we can move on to uh, Mark, Marine Mark. Um, he says, uh, Hey, Tim and Dane. Once again, what a fun podcast, and I really enjoyed the show. The concept of trading DC and Marvel superheroes was a lot of fun. I got to say no to Deathstroke being traded. I think DC could do a lot better at promoting Slade Wilson, and his Tony S. Daniel run has been a lot of fun. Really? That's surprising. <laughs> I haven't read it, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suggest you guys try it out. I was reading Deathstroke number four and Batman appears and it reminded me Daniel's day, reminded me of Daniel's days with Morrison. I thought when Daniel took over in Batman R.I.P. I think that's when he came in. He came in it was, afterwards, though. Like, yeah.
2: After Battle of the and all
3: that. That it was one of the better stories, art-wise. And I believe he wrote Battle for the Call, which was fantastic. Good. At least I'm not the only one that 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 liked battle for the call because i know you, you didn't like it tim yeah it was like i didn't battle, it, but it
2: was like eh, i just thought it was okay <laughs>
3: yeah, um, yeah
0: there, there was a lot of questionable writing during that time which i'll, I'll wait until we get into our reviews but uh yeah i mean it wasn't terrible i mean i really liked the the tim drake stuff the best out of that
3: well uh marine mark goes on to say uh bonnie took over pencils for death's joke and man it looks good i suggest read for anyone listening i've really been expanding my pull list and dc has great stories around omega man i was listening to the comic vine podcast and mark you're cheating on us <laughs> the comic vine podcast how could you how could you you know what you're not a true listener anymore. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, and they agree that the, <laughs> that the DC stories...
0: Repelling listeners on, on the Batman's cast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and they, they agree that the DC stories are great, but c- convergence really hurt their sales afterwards. I agree that this could be a possibility. I like looking at the comic sales, and Marvel has been killing it in terms of money and market share. I wonder if it's because of Secret Wars and if the upcoming DC movies will help sales. Thoughts?
2: Man, Marvel's been dominating well, the sales for a long time now. <laughs> so I'm sure Secret Wars yeah. help. but I'm sure DC will get some type of boost with the movies, but I don't think they're going to take Marvel because they still have all their movies too. So,
0: Convergence yeah. promised a lot too, and it didn't really deliver. Mm. I mean...
2: Yeah, that seems like the general consensus of it when it was all yeah. said and done. So yeah, it I was mean,
0: it was so just upsetting, you know. I mean, it, the continuities were all messed up, and you know, it, it didn't. If, if that was you know trying to put faith in the future of DC, like it was, it, it was definitely deflating.
2: Yeah, cause it seems like they were trying to capture what they did when the New 52 first launched, because they dominated sales when that happened and maybe yeah. they were trying to capture that with this, but it just wasn't the same, didn't have the same effect at all.
3: Yeah, you know what I think it is? I think it's timing, because I think they did the new 52, you know, the, there was the Batman movie, and then, you know, they they just got that timing perfect, but, like, this time, I mean, yeah, we got Batman versus Superman, but... Yeah, I don't
2: think we're going to get a full I, I relaunch launch th- with that. Yeah.
3: yeah, I don't think people really care too much about the comics. It's kind, of, it's, it's kind of like uh, the death of Superman nobody really cared after that
2: yeah after the, the initial story of death of Superman yeah
0: yeah. After well, the in, I mean,
3: initial thing Yeah, the,
0: the bubble burst right after that though too you know the, the collector's yeah. bubble yeah so, that's a good point too like I, I really want to see a warehouse that is apparently still full of death of Superman issues <laughs> just boxes after boxes after boxes of them it's like like, that would be that would be an experience it's like
2: Raiders (laughs) of the Lost Ark the ending (laughs) all those pieces (laughs) of death of Superman
0: (laughs) yeah man being watched by top men (laughs) (laughs)
3: um but yeah he goes on to say last thought I read the comic vine interview Snyder and Bruce Wayne has a kind of a new brain uh, new life, thoughts, memories, etc. I have no clue where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, going back to the trades, it's actually pretty hard to come up with solid trades where you, when you're uh, being rational. It's so easy to, to rip off either Marvel or DC to get the superheroes you <laughs> <from laughs> want from other <laughs> publishers. I would share my trades, but they pretty much suck and are one-sided. Anyways... On to uh, questions. I thought you had some good ones on Twitter, Mark. I
2: can't remember exactly which ones they were, but I remember you put a few ones on there. I don't know. I wouldn't bite, but they made me think. (laughs)
3: Um, Who are your favorite artists working within D.C. right now? J.H. Williams. He's still working on D.C. stuff, right? Sandman.
2: Is he? (laughs) I don't know.
3: (laughs) Well, I see him him, uh, post tweets. Okay. About, like, drawings... Uh, Sandman so yeah I'm gonna say uh J Williams I think he's still at DC
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jason Fabok I mean I love his style what he's doing in Justice League it's just awesome yeah
3: well, it's too bad his detectives sucked I mean
2: <laughs> well, he didn't write that wasn't him. his fault <laughs>
3: yeah, he didn't write him yeah
0: <laughs>
2: he did I guess he drew Emperor Penguin okay <laughs> how about you Josh
0: You know, when it comes, like I said on our on our Twitter conversation the other day, I'm not really a big art stickler. Mm. That's why I don't really talk about it in my reviews. Um, I I think that Andy Kubert is probably my favorite. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Because, I mean, he does kind of have like a Jim Lee esque to him, but it's clean art and it's not cartoonish. I mean, I've never really liked Capullo's art and. I didn't really like uh, the guy who did Grant Morrison stuff. Uh, oh.
3: He could never.
0: Frank
3: Quietly. I don't know. No, not Frank Quietly. I know who he, you're talking
0: yeah, about. No, yeah, It, it was uh, Frank Quietly. Yeah, I didn't like that. I really liked uh, Fraser Irving stuff. But,
2: um, who was the artist who did uh, mostly Batman Incorporated in the new 52? Because that one I really didn't
3: care for. Was it Raphael I that, Albuquerque? I don't think so. It? Yeah,
0: uh, well, I know he was on some of it, or maybe at least the covers.
3: No, no, it was Fraser Irving, right?
0: No, Fraser Irving did a couple covers, and then he did a lot of the Batman and Robin stuff.
3: Oh. Yeah, I'm getting my artists confused. Yeah, Fraser, I, Fraser I, I really...
0: Irving was the one that set up Batman and Robin to be so sick. in in, uh in number 16 and then they had to divvy up the art um chores to uh like three different people and it totally ruined the mood on the next issue
2: okay yeah okay i found out who i was talking about chris burnham for batman yeah i didn't really care for his style
0: yeah i mean i i like you said i don't know why people like capullo's art so much it's just it's very cartoonish to me like it doesn't doesn't really fit
2: See, it's, it's, this is going back to my batman the animated series fan <laughs> fanboy <laughs> it reminds me of that so much or i really like it so
0: well the, and that and that's fine like i can see it for that but i mean maybe it's not a book that's supposed to be so Dark, like it's hard to really reconcile the the uh, seriousness with the art sometimes. Mm.
2: That's a fair point, but I think for the most, sometimes I think it adds to it some of the creepiness. That it,
0: it's more creepy well, yeah. than stuff
2: with the Joker when it's that kind of cartoon well, like, style.
0: The Mister Bloom stuff has been pretty creepy, like yeah. when he was standing over Oswald in the newest issue. Yeah. But uh, anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do any of you guys remember uh, Simon Kudransky? Why does that name no. sound familiar, but He did uh, uh, Batman Confidential. He did a couple Batman Confidentials and, or you know, before the New Fifty Two, and he did um, backups for uh, Streets of Gotham.
2: Okay, yeah, I didn't read uh, Gotham Confident or Batman Confidential, but the yeah. back- Streets of Gotham, I remember.
3: Yeah, he's probably one of my favorite artists. Uh, that's worked on Batman. I don't think he's with uh, DC anymore. I think he's uh, Image? I'm not sure, because he's known for his Spawn stuff. And okay. his Spawn is like amazing. Like Just think <laughs> the complete opposite of the Spawn movie and you've got it. I <laughs> uh. always like because, Dustin
2: Nguyen, too. I don't know if he's still doing anything for DC or not, but
3: Yeah, well, he's doing something with, um, what's his name, Jeff Mir. I Uh, I don't think that's for DC, though.
2: I think the last stuff I read was he did some of the stuff for the Batman Beyond 2.0 stuff, which was
3: awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so sad that he got phased out.
2: I know, yeah. He was awesome on Streets of Gotham and then on Batman Beyond.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to recognize anybody at DC anymore right now.
2: (laughs) That's a good point, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: I wonder if it's if it's cash flow problems or if they're really trying to be a creator company.
3: I think they're just trying to find that right look, and they're just not getting it with the artists that they currently employ.
2: You think for the right yeah. price too? I oh
3: yeah, yeah. Have to play into it. Yeah, that too. That's why you don't see you know Tim Sale anymore, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you know whoever. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, he, uh Mark Marine Mark's second question is: Which DC characters would you like to be explored more in either current comic and or in a new line?
1: If
2: I'm going to stick with the Bat Family. It's time Tim Drake got a good story in the new.
3: I know. <laughs> Give it's, him Red Robin again. His Yeah, own
2: the real Red Robin. <laughs> yeah. Not the Red Robin who was actually Robin, but was never Robin and all that garbage. <laughs>
3: Uh, Uh,
2: Tim Drake needs his due
3: yeah and Dick's got to be Nightwing again I'm sorry I mean I know people like uh, Grayson but I'm sorry he just has to be Nightwing again
2: at least just come back to be part of the Bat family again as a classic hero instead of the secret agent everyone's still thinking he's dead
3: well it seemed like Grayson was a it's either going to be him or it's going to be Steph Brown she needs to come back to the Batman universe I'm sorry. She came back she, to the Batman she, universe. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, but she was terrible. She <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man.
3: Oh, uh, what was that comic it called? It seems uh, like
0: was a Grayson was a little bit of a swerve at the end there. It It really seemed like they were going to kill him, and he was going to be a different character.
2: Yeah, I like that whole. Oh, that issue was so bad. That last Nightwing one. It just sounded like everything was so last minute. Was that? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So probably Steph Brown. She needs to be bad girl again, because Gil Simone, I'm sorry, all you Gil Simone lovers out there that are listening to this, but she kind of almost killed that character. Babs. Um, well, I mean,
0: do you really like what they're doing with her now, though?
3: I haven't really kept up with it, but I remember liking that first issue with that new creative team, though. So. I mean,
0: it's like a episode of, uh, uh, you know, iCarly or something. Now, <laughs> you know, it's
3: oh, so. it's
0: really it's really, you they're, know,
2: they're catering <laughs> to the young female audience. That they, for sure, or that they want, yeah, yeah which is cool. See, but
3: yeah, yeah, but you see, like Brian Q. Miller had the right balance. He had that serious adult theme, but then he explored all these little things like. You know, like, this teenage stuff or the, the college student stuff and, like, her joking around with Damien. When Damien, you know, was kind of an alien, you know, mm-hmm. joking around with him. But also had the serious stuff with her mom and, you know, um, her villains. So, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know why they took Brian K. Miller off their book. I don't know why they put Babs in there. Um And I don't know why they gave it to Gail Simone.
2: I think we still don't know how, like, what exactly went into her becoming walking
3: walking
1: Again and not being (laughs) there alive.
3: Yeah, that was kind of a mistake because she was such a great character as Oracle. I mean, I'm sorry, but, yeah.
2: Oh, well, next reboot. (laughs) I mean, do
0: do, do you guys think that she's going to be in Batman v Superman or do you think it's going to end up being Carrie Kelly?
2: I always thought it was Carrie Kelly, but I'm hearing a lot of people say now oh, it's, it's going to be Barbara. So,
0: and would you rather her be Batgirl or would you rather her be Oracle? I mean, it seems like they're going Oracle because uh, Lato has been teasing out some Killing Joke stuff.
2: That, yeah, that sh- picture of his shadow—it looks like he's in the Joker. Yeah, with the hat and everything. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's Oracle just so we can kind of have that history that she was back real when
0: yeah i mean we we need that old universe feel back right
2: yeah i was kind of actually hoping for carrie kelly though too i mean i was i'd be fine either way but i think it is going to be Barbara in the end we'll, to see where they go with it you know what i just got reminded of something this is totally off topic but did you guys hear that news today about nbc developing
0: a yeah, the workplace work DC Yeah, thing. <laughs> set in the DC
2: universe. <laughs> I was like, wow.
0: It could be cool if it's like a Harvey Birdman type thing or stuff like that, you know?
2: Yeah, see, I'm picturing it like it's going to be The Office or something, except they're in the DC universe and they're going to be talking about Batman, Superman, <laughs> and all that stuff.
3: You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of, like, I remember seeing this comic. I didn't read it. I didn't uh, buy it, but... Um, there was a comic from Marvel that showed the cleanup crew. Okay. And, like, after, like, the X-Men would fight, I don't know, Magneto and blow up a bunch of buildings, they would come and clean it up. And it was just like I a... F- wasn't throw. that a series itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a yeah, series. Yeah, someone had brought that up today
0: when I, I talked to him about the, the, uh, the, 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 the story that we're talking about.
3: Yeah, it, it almost reminds me of that. It's like something like totally random, but you would assume that there would be like a job for that or like uh-huh. a story for that. So
0: it's, it's very like Star Wars, Star Wars, you know, uh, contractor type stuff.
3: Yeah, <laughs> star contractor. <laughs> or yeah, it's it's kind of like if they did a show, a Star Wars show, not about, you know, Luke saving the galaxy or whatever, but about um, like the the cantina workers at, <laughs> you know, at Mos Eisley. you know, <laughs> like just something completely random. But like you would think that there would be good stories because they go there every day and it's a regular job for them. Yeah. So <laughs>
2: see the thing with this DC show though, it's just that they're working at an insurance company that has nothing to do with superheroes. They just live in the same universe as heroes. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if they got the idea from the daredevil series because it kind of seemed like seems like that's kind of heavily tied into uh like what happened in avengers and whatnot like they're like yeah every time that they knock a wall down our dividends go sky high
2: (laughs) yeah see i don't even know if this is going to be tied to any universe it might just be its own universe where it's not connected to any of the other tv shows or the movies or something i
0: doubt i doubt it'll be connected to anything yeah and if if it does have anybody in it, it'll probably be like Booster Gold or some someone yeah. ridiculous walking yeah. through the doors, and like they'll they'll like say, "Oh my God, Wonder Woman's coming!" and like it turns out to be a stripper or something like that.
2: Maybe we'll see Doll Man in the show. I was complaining about it last episode. Doll Man. Yeah. <laughs> see, I first when I heard it, I thought it was going to be. A show about people working in, like, the DC Comics offices and stuff like that, and tr- them trying to come up with comic ideas, but...
0: <laughs> That'd probably be a better show. <laughs> yeah,
2: I thought the same thing, but uh, we'll see how this one turns out.
3: But kind of, kind of um, in the same vein, can you can you imagine how much money you would make if you're a contractor in, like, Metropolis or Gotham? <laughs> or, c- could you imagine the sheer amount of money that you would be making.
0: Well, how do you think that Wayne Enterprises stays in business, dude? <laughs> yeah.
2: Especially if they were set in the same universe as Man of Steel, and they'd have a lot Oof. of stuff to rebuild. Wow. Well, like, it's like pretty much during all no of
0: man's of land, During No Man's Land, Batman might have been like, oh, no, but Bruce Wayne was, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Plus with a little help from Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah.
3: really or even if you... You weren't even a contractor. Like if you were just like the regular construction worker that worked for the contractor.
2: Yeah, you, you know you'd be working
3: for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it would be like endless Yeah, it's wor-
0: definitely job security for sure.
3: Yes, yeah, because like I work across the street from a construction company and they don't always regularly get jobs, right? So what the owner of the business has to do is he has to lay off everybody so that he can get unemployment. And I was thinking, like, if you're in Gotham, that's steady employment, right? That's, like, yeah. every single day kind of, kind of a job. So
2: I think more metropolis, though, too.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even if you work for the city and you just worked on the roads.
2: Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Those are getting messed up every night. <laughs> uh,
3: but anyway, yeah, um, Mark closed out his uh, email by saying, love you guys and take it easy. Thanks, Mark. Well, we love you, too. XO, XO. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. We love you, too, Mark. Tiberius Lemke. And, yeah, that's it, right? From our listener feedback. That's it. All right. So uh, we we can finally get into our comic book reviews and just, like... (laughs) We like to say at the beginning of every single comic book review section that we've ever done in the history of this podcast and before <laughs> this podcast.
2: I think I forgot on one episode to say it. but.
3: <laughs> you know, uh, you've, broke, you, you've broken our streak, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're kind of like uh, trying to think of a baseball uh, analogy.
2: You could just use the one that happened now. I'm the Yankees who uh, broke the Blue Jays' 11-game winning streak. Or like a
3: no-hitter or something. <laughs> two outs in the ninth. That just happened yeah.
0: in Seattle, man. It was crazy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You were Kuma. No, it's, it's like uh, nobody on base, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and uh, uh, the count is like 0-2. Two. Two. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happened to Mike
3: Messina in 2001. Mm, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> or no, not even no-hitter, perfect game. Which you was imagine. like Messina's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was, uh, I think, it, uh, the guy played for the, the Tigers. No, not the Tigers, the White Sox. I don't know, it was the, the White Sox for the Tigers. And, um, it was a bad call by the umpire. Yeah,
2: it was the Tigers. Was
3: who, who was that?
2: Galarraga. He's like, he's uh-huh. not even pitching anymore, but
3: yeah. he's always going to be remembered for that. And, and wasn't that, uh, uh, is it Jim West or Joe West No, uh, Jim Jim Joyce. Yeah, Jim Jim Joyce. He's yeah. a good
2: umpire too, but
3: yeah. yeah, and he he just made that bad call. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, that's got to be the worst
2: <laughs> when you know you have a perfect game but yet it's not officially
3: a perfect game. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I I mean, he was really really sad after that. Like he was crying. I remember. Yeah. See, he he did an interview with uh what's his name? Is that guy's name? Who? The 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 pitcher. Oh, Galarraga. Yeah, Galarraga. Like, like the interview. I'm like, I don't know who interviews for the Tigers. <laughs> no, no. Like he was crying. This was like for ESPN. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah, so it was, he was like awful. Yeah, yeah. I'd feel awful too, man. That's like that was just a terrible call. The
2: pitcher had a good <laughs> attitude towards it though. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> kill him all over. It. Like it happened.
3: <laughs> um. But yeah. Anyway, like we say at the beginning of every single comic book review that we do except that one time that tim forgot (laughs) is (laughs) you want to avoid this like the plague uh if you haven't read the books because i mean it's kind of like uh i don't know about you tim but uh or uh josh but uh it's kind of like uh e60 when e60 comes on on espn it's like okay yeah i'm turning this off until I i don't i don't feel like feeling bad
2: I don't even know what that is. I don't. I don't watch ESPN anymore. Ever since we got MLB Network. <laughs> no.
3: just Do you don't know, know what E60 well. is. No. Uh. That's like it's a a, it's story. always. Yeah,
0: I mean, like I watched the one on Scott Hall, the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, like like I watched one where like this uh, this teenage girl, she um, she was like a race car driver or something, and she had like a there was like an older guy that was helping her out, and. Like, she, she got into a bad wreck, and he pulled her out, like, just saved her life. And, you know, she, she was like, oh, man, I owe you my life. And then, apparently, like, him and his grandfather got into an argument, and um, his grandfather shot him dead. And I was like, oh, God. Oh,
1: man. That is depressing.
3: Dude, <laughs> Do I need to really watch this one? I just want to know the A score. <laughs> 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 I mean, I feel bad, but... Um, Anyway, yeah, you want to avoid this if you haven't read your books because uh, we're going to be reviewing Batman number forty three and Detective number uh, forty three. So if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to come back to this part later. So, um, so just be- before our- we
0: go anywhere with this, can you tell me? Just give me like a cliff notes on how you guys felt about the last issue
2: for Batman forty three? You mean or Batman forty two?
0: Batman forty two. Okay.
2: Yeah. Before that, we got to get a rating scale though.
3: Yeah. Yeah, let's okay. give our rating scale, which is going to be the saddest E sixty moments that caught us off guard.
2: That oh, what? What was it?
3: That caught us off guard. Okay. <laughs> um, I did not read any of these books because I had a terrible week. So, um, forty Batman number forty two. I liked it. I think Scott Snyder is going somewhere with this Gordon thing. He's not quite there yet. He's taking his sweet time, like Scott Snyder does. But um, I think he's setting us up for the, the payoff.
2: Yeah, I like forty-two more than I did forty-one. It kind of grew on me more what the story trying to tell with Gordon and starting, like planting literally the seeds with <laughs> the villain Mister Bloom. So I thought it was moving in the right direction from forty-one to forty-two. So
1: okay.
2: now we'll get into forty-three. So. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and start off first. And this one, I said it on Twitter, it's a mixed bag for me because instead of mainly focusing on Gordon and him as Batman, we're getting the explanation on what happens to Bruce, which I'm glad we are getting because it's not just lingering on and we're just waiting to find out what happens to him. It's getting it out of the way right here. So we know the last issue left off with Gordon meeting Bruce and uh, we're like, okay, so what's the relationship like? Like, what happened since batman endgame so gordon goes to bruce kind of wanting him to look at that seed that he found on that gang member who's giving giving him powers and bruce is all like i don't know why you're giving this to me like whoever you think i am i'm not that person anymore like i'm doing good work here uh with julie madison helping these kids and like i'm happy here but like whoever you think i was before i'm just, i'm not that guy anymore and gordon's like he kind of He's like he's he's okay with it but at the same time he wants his help but he knows what he's doing like he leaves him the seed anywhere and he, like he's a, like you could just keep this like it's been good seeing you i'll just go but kind of knowing that eventually he'll probably take a look at have like that old batman things kick in but what was cool about that is we see as gordon leaves alfred and clark in there and clark is realizing like that's not bruce what happened to him and Alfred then goes on to explain the whole situation.
0: It was kind of random that Clark was just all of a sudden in the in the uh issue. I didn't
2: mind it though. I mean if Alfred's gonna be explaining it to anybody, besides someone else from the Bat family, it would make sense that it'd be Clark. But so the explanation is is uh, Julia found Bruce's body and she calls Alfred and Alfred's thinking, okay, it's Bruce's dead body. But when he goes there, she sees both of them sitting on a bench and Bruce is just like wrapped in a blanket and he looks fine. He's not dead. So it turns out that the diagnosium, he did die, but being close to that Dianosium, it healed um, what was in, it healed him. It healed his brain, but it kind of almost healed him too much where it, it erased the, all his past memories that he had. I mean, Batman, what happened to his parents as a kid, So I kind of took it as that it healed him from him being hurt and broken as a kid when his parents died, like it healed that wound for him. So he doesn't have that desire to be Batman anymore, despite, even though he doesn't remember, it kind of just took that natural desire instinct that he had in him to be Batman. And it turns out as Clark was telling him, like, didn't you tell Bruce what happened? Didn't you tell him who he is? And Alfred's all like, I tried to, I was explaining everything, what happened to his parents, like his childhood. But, As soon as I was about to tell him about Batman and he went to the clock to show him the Batcave, Bruce just told him to stop, that he heard enough. And he says that, like, I don't know, like, I know, like the parents you're showing me in these pictures, I know I love them and I know I feel terrible about them being dead. But I don't have that strong regret and loss that I that you're saying that I used to have. So you saying he wants to help, but he wants to help in his own way, like just as his parents did, you know, just as Bruce Wayne. And so. Alfred, I kind of got the vibe here that I could just hear Michael Kane talking here, <laughs> kind of what he wanted for Bruce in the Dark Knight, right? Just him finally being happy and that Bruce is happy or Alfred is happy to see Bruce living like this without the pain that he felt losing his parents and that he got to go through as Batman. And then one of the moments I did like about this is where Superman's all like, look, if you're not going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, like, we need Batman back. And then Alfred just points this like kryptonite ring out him. he's like go ahead tell him but do you know what you're going to be doing you're pretty much going to be killing him because he'll be batman without the without all the skills he had without the dedication without the training he's going to be powerless if you tell him that and become batman again he's not batman anymore and then this is the part where i kind of was like okay here's where they're giving you the out he reveals bruce's like fail safe system where he had this as marine mark mentioned in his email like this cloning brain <laughs> like station where he's able to grow like the part of Bruce's brain to get him to that peak age of 27, which is going to have all the skills to ensure that there'll always be a Batman. So, when I read that, I was like, okay, so Bruce is somehow going to get in that machine, and then he'll be back as Batman before we know it. So, that's the end of Alfred explaining everything to Superman and what happened to Bruce, and then we get Gordon confronting Mr. Bloom finally and his gang, as he's talking was Cobblepot. Uh, Cobblepot actually confronts him. It was a pretty nice sequence where Cobblepot's kind of showing his muscles like look you're the new guy but like we're the like we're the big guys here in gotham and like you can have to go through us if you're like selling this stuff and penguin looks to has one of his men shoot mr bloom right in the head thinking he's dead but like you alluded to earlier josh we see that great panel with mr bloom just has this freakish monster really tall long arms long age just stabbing all of penguin mm-hmm. and and penguin himself and he had a Maybe a little cheesy line, but I liked it. But he was all saying, like, funny thing about weeds, Mr. Cobblepot, we're not that easy to kill, and we grow very, very fast. (laughs) Typical villain line, but I thought it worked. So I like the design of Mr. Bloom, too. Kind of reminds me, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the anime Naruto, but there's a villain there who has a mask that kind of has like a one slot in his eye that you could see. The mask reminded me of that same color tone, like does that flower in there, and... His name was Toby slash Abadil, But for any of you Naruto fans out there, that's who it reminded me of. But <laughs> overall, this is where I'm torn on. I like the story Snyder is doing with Bruce. It's interesting to see Bruce finally living his life without the pain of his parents' loss and not being Batman. And So I do like that aspect. But at the same time, it's like we know he's going to be Batman again. And I've said this before, too, when we talked about it, it's, it's too soon to be telling a story where he's not Batman because it was only a few years ago we had him. Uh, not Batman and Morrison's run, so all that stuff plays into the factor of me just not enjoying it as much as I should have. I said in Twitter that in the end it would have been pointless, but then I had a conversation with someone kind of said, no, it's not really pointless in the story they're trying to tell, because in the end, you're going to see why no one can be Batman but Bruce. Gordon can't take it, and he's going to need to become Batman. So it's probably not pointless, but like I said, it's just keeping me from enjoying it as much as I know I could be. If this was story was going on and we never had Batman R.A.P. and all that stuff I think I'd be enjoying it a lot more but so I'm going to go ahead I still enjoy this issue and like what they're doing with Mr. Bloom so far so even though I still have some complaints and minor gripes about it I'm just going to go ahead and give it four out of five what is it E60 episodes that caught a soft card that's the name of the series right Dave
3: yes okay
2: so how about you Josh I know you got
0: (sighs) It's just like I said before it. It's just background noise. Like it's like I'm trying to watch, you know, E60, and <laughs> you know, there's an episode of, you know, some other really dour sports show on on in the background that I need to turn down. Like, I, overall, I. I'm not going to say that it's been a bad story because it hasn't been bad. I mean, I can see what they're trying to do, but I just don't find it necessary. Mm. And, you know, the whole clone thing, like, I get it, you know, Uh, but... He's, does he really have the guts to do that, though?
2: Yeah, clone uh, stories don't usually work out too good if the Spider-Man clone saga taught us anything.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, like there was this thing the other day, which I mean, I, I we already know that like that's how Batman regenerates himself in the future, according to Scott Snyder. And that's fine in the future. But right now, if there is some sort of body, you know, mind switching thing. I'm 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 not gonna like it. Like, mm.
2: well, yeah, I, I'm a st- big fan of that five years later story from last year. Anyway, so I just I'm just not keen on the whole cloning idea,
0: just in general. Well, there's that, and just the whole. I can't. You, you cannot convince me that five or six years into it, not only has Batman had this final fight with the Joker. That he's already broken down so much that he needs another body and he uh, is he's in that in that way you know mm. I mean I've, I've I've read pretty much all the stuff concerning you know the Bat Don and I just find it really kind of pretentious I mean, there there is no, you know, tone that is actually stricken between all of the books. In my opinion, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, Detective is probably the best one in my opinion when it comes to how Gordon is is used. But I I don't find it to be completely enjoyable seeing this happen. You know, at all, or let alone so soon. And yeah. I mean, to where you know Tony Daniels, you know, and Battle for the Cal really seem like background noise to what Grant Morrison was doing. All of this seems like background noise to Justice League right now, with the fact that Bruce is still a Batman, and you know he just sat on the Mobius chair and he's. You know, going to start taking care of business.
2: Yeah, because now we know that eventually is not going to amount to anything at all because we're reading this story now. But Justice League dark side War takes place before this, so it's kind of like it doesn't have that same effect as it. Did they
0: say have. that it? Did they say that it's before this?
2: I'm pretty sure it is because Justice League has been going on at least from. It's been a pretty steady, like consistent story arc from the whole. Uh, what was it? the that plague storyline right? i can't believe i'm blinking on the name of it right now <laughs> the virus uh, meso, made, yeah the virus. virus okay yeah that's it so it kind of straightforward with that continuing on when there wasn't a big gap so i always kind of assumed that it was taking place before this all happened
0: well then. you know ne- you never know though with continuity these days yeah, with dc um like especially like when it comes to like the resurrection of Damien and whatnot. You would think that was one right after the other, but apparently eternal was going on in between it and all that nonsense. So, I mean, yeah, I I mean, I understand that like nothing is really going to come of Bruce sitting on the Mobius chair. I mean, who knows if he'll even remember what he sees, but it just, that, that story just seems so much more pressing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it seems like such a bigger scale for the DC universe than what's kind of going on now in the Bat Books. But
0: well, it's just because it's so much inconsistency. Like the whole, you know, college frat boy Superman is not reconciled with the Superman that we're getting in in Justice League, yeah. and it's just to a point where. I wish that D C like would figure out what it's really trying to do.
2: I know. <laughs> like they're just like probably throwing ideas out there seeing hopefully that it works <laughs> for whatever. Well then Scott crazy Snyder keeps on notice.
0: talking about Scott Snyder keeps on talking about how he has all of this positive reinforcement. But a lot of the stuff that I read isn't very positive at all. And it's not that I'm just looking for, you know, negative reactions or whatnot but most of the stuff is yeah it's been pretty good but you know
2: yeah <laughs> this is a but
0: <laughs> so i mean i just think it's it's time for the guy to go <laughs> <laughs> i
2: haven't gotten there yet but i'm seeing how this whole thing plays out but so what I mean, would you he give him ha- if, if,
0: if he has a if he has another good moment like that moment where he, he took Batman in the quarter Bowls in Endgame. Like, if it all makes sense, then I'll give him his due. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm giving it a two out of five E60 moments that caught us off guard. Two.
2: <laughs> Seeing how you were on Twitter, I was expecting maybe a little low. I was expecting maybe a one. But <laughs> I guess a two sounds good.
0: <laughs> See, well, I mean, I, I never try to, you know, undercut people like that. I mean... Yeah. I think there's only one time I've ever given a one out of five and I don't even remember
2: what it was for. <laughs> That's so. really, really, really bad, I guess. Yeah. See, I'm kind of hoping that, or what did I wish for was that we got this story of why Bruce is a Batman anymore with, when Dick Grayson take, taking over instead of having a Gordon. I kind of wish they switched it <laughs> where this is the reason why Dick became Batman because I think this story is better, or at least the reasoning why he's not Batman anymore is better than what Morrison did with him traveling through time and all that, but It's not, so I'm going to have to deal with it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, when it comes to like Bruce's memories and stuff like that, it just seems a little bit too close to what we've already read. And, I mean, I've been saying that from the get-go when it comes to this story. It just seems like a a rehash of stuff that we've already been through. And I, I really, really hope that DC really reconsiders the next time that someone's like, yeah, let's make Batman someone else.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. <laughs> Let us be like 50 years at the most until <laughs> we get Batman.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So that's Batman 43. We're going to go on to detective 43. And I kind of agree with what you said before, Josh, where Gordon's storyline works better here in Detectives when we're seeing And more interact with the police and their perspective on the whole situation so this issue continues where the last one where gordon is uh being confronted by those gang members without his mech suit it just ran out of power he's able to Mm -hmm. fight them off but he finds out later that they were actually the whole plan was to get that batman mech suit and get him out of there that's where they're getting that power generated to use it as a bomb so that was the main conversation there and then the thrust of this issue was Bullock finding out that his partner, yep, was is uh is betraying them. She's a dirty cop, and I did like how Bullock knew kind of for the most part all along that she was dirty. She wasn't tricking him, and she she wasn't getting the better of Bullock. Bullock was showing off his detective skills and just like yeah, uh, kind of playing along with her for a while see what her game is. But she knew he was or he knew she was dirty. So I didn't homie's like
0: that. not playing that though. <laughs> What's that? Homie is not playing
2: that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we find out that the gang, I'm trying to blank on their name, I always forget it. The one with the skull mask. The yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll come to it later. But they end up that power generator they got from Gordon's Batman suit is for the Joker's daughter. But they she the one of the gang members asked for more of their help, so they're not done just yet. And then there's this whole storyline going on with the circus event that's happening. There's supposed to be a lot of big city officials there, and they need police protection, but Bullet confronts Yip about it, knowing that she gave um, some criminals the floor plans of, like, where the police would be, and Bullock calls her mm-hmm. on it. And she punches him in the face, like, kind of like, <laughs> like, are you going to turn me in? He's all like, like, nope, like, or is Montoya going to be? And so he was trying to give her, I guess, the benefit of the doubt to let her turn herself in, but that's not going to happen. The one thing that caught me off guard, though, was when Bullock went to, Gordon asking for help and everything that's going on and just says, I need your help to kill my partner because he's like, there's no other way that she's going to turn around and we need to like stop whatever's going to happen at the circus event because she's knows what's going on. So we didn't really get a resolution to that. Gordon just stood there silently, didn't say anything. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: what happens now it ends, there's a, the police escort going on and then uh, gets blown up by that. That suit's power generator, so Gordon gets called into action there. And so then we find out what they were doing with the Joker's daughter, and there's this big like mech robot that looks like the Joker. And I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> like, that didn't, to me, seem to fit what was going on in Detective Earlier, just kind of being more grounded police stuff. So we'll see how yeah. that goes, see if it's uh, entertaining, at least, fight between uh, Gordon and that big robot suit. But I thought where the story was going was. Bullock's partner being exposed as a traitor, and then them trying to protect the circus event. Kind of wish it would follow that thread more than this big robot by the Joker's daughter. So uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm really happy with the the you know, the Gotham Central feel. Yeah, in that respect, you know, um, I like that Bullock is actually showing as a pretty comp- uh, uh, competent cop. You know,
2: yeah, this Bullock is making this whole detective run so far. <laughs> like he's. he's it's his story, and rightfully so, and he's being a great lead character for it, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not just like you said, him showing off his detective skills and his interaction with Gordon and everybody. It's just really good. Uh, right. Buschelotto was, I think, nailing Bullock down just as he <laughs> did a lot of his characters in his Batman run. So I enjoyed right. it. Um, just thought the ending could have been a little better. So I'm just going to go ahead and give this one three out of five E60s episodes that caught us off guard. I will agree. A solid three. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We agree on this one then. But that's going to do it for our comic book reviews for this one.
3: Well, at least you guys agreed on something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun to disagree too, though. <laughs> we can get our different points across.
3: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're done. We're finally done. That's it for 91. Yep. Yeah. So we only got nine more until 100. So. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, just uh, go to the batman So like oh,
0: by the, by the amount that you guys are cranking out, that means you'll be there by like next week, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 We'd have to do one every day <laughs> coming
1: up.
3: <next> <laughs> uh, yeah, just go over to the Universe.net on Facebook at facebook.com/batmanuniverse or on Twitter, Twitter handle's at batmanuniverse. You follow the show's Twitter handle, the show's Twitter handle's at batfans27. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311 <laughs> 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 and um, uh, Josh's uh, Twitter handle is Josh?
0: J.P. Hawkins1047
3: Alright, and so mine is at Dane Says banana, and you can bring reviews on iTunes, so please do that we didn't get any new ones, did we, Tim?
2: I checked yesterday, no
3: Ah, dang it <laughs> um, and you can send us an email like Alex and Mark uh, the email address is badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. And just remember, if you're ever feeling alone in this world, if you're ever feeling alone in this world, Tim and Dane love you. And Josh. And
0: you could be Josh Trek.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that'll care about, about but <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you. Later.